0: I love, I love being great. I love that feeling when I feel and know that I am great. And it was about time that I got to a football illustration at church. I haven't used one yet, and I love football, so unfortunately, it's landed on you. But for the last kind of 10 years of my life, I have played competitive, 11-a-side football, and... uh, I hate losing, and I love winning, but there's one thing that is even better on a Saturday afternoon than being just on the winning side. It is when I've been on the winning side, but I've also been the best player on the pitch, when I have scored that winning goal, when I have done that thing that has won us the match, and... And sitting in the dressing room with the lads after the game, they say, "John, you were brilliant today." And I go, "I know, wasn't I great?" And 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 I love scoring goals. And for like the last four or five years of my football career, if I can call it a career, I played for some pretty mediocre teams, like less than good teams, which turned me from being a mediocre football player to like Messi, to like the greatest player in the world in their dressing room. And I won golden boot, which you get for scoring the most goals in a season. I won player's player of the year. I won manager's player of the year. I got accolades. I got congratulations from my teammates. I was a great in the footballing world of Wootton and Trinity Tigers. I loved it, I loved being great. And in our Mark reading, the disciples have been walking up a road and arguing about which one of them is the greatest. Which one of them is gonna win the disciples disciple of the year award or the Jesus disciple of the year award or maybe even the the golden net for getting the most converts. They, like me, want to feel great. They want to be recognized. They want the accolades. They want the compliments from their colleagues. They want to be considered, perhaps, the most important in this new kingdom that Jesus keeps talking about. And perhaps this desire for greatness is something that we've all experienced at one point or another to have that recognition from colleagues or family members, to be praised for what we've done, to have accolades heaped upon us, to be considered important or influential, to gain reputation amongst our peers, maybe even to win awards, or just to stand out from the crowd as someone who's just a little bit special. But doesn't that sound so alien, so foreign to the God and to Jesus that we read about in the Bible? You know, you expect Jesus to come down pretty hard on his disciples, you know, give them a proper roasting for arguing about which one of them was the greatest. And the disciples kind of expect the same. If you look at verse 34, they kind of stand around kind of awkwardly silent because they feel like Jesus is going to give them a roasting because they're arguing about which one of them was the greatest. And so we expect Jesus to kind of snarl at his disciples, saying something like this, what do you mean greatness? I haven't come so that you can be great. But he doesn't. His response in the verse 35 is, if you want to be first. In other words, if you want to be great. What Jesus is saying, is he really saying to his disciples, if you want to be great, is he gonna teach them what greatness is and how to be great? Perhaps we've grown up with a Christianity that doesn't expect Christians to be great. But if that was the case, then Jesus would have taken this opportunity to give his disciples a proper telling off, to clear up the disciples' misconception. But he doesn't. And so, odd as it may seem to some of us, greatness is exactly the right pursuit. But here's the thing. Jesus is about to turn what greatness is on its head. He's about to turn it completely upside down. So what is true greatness? Well, it wasn't what the disciples had in mind as they argued up the road. But true greatness, Jesus says, is to be the very last and the servant of all. And there's no clever wordplay here from Jesus. The word servant literally means a table waiter. Someone who will clear the tables, who does, wipes down the tables, or, or someone who carries out a superior's instructions. See, Jesus flips greatness upside down. It's not about recognition, importance, influence, reputation. Accolades, higher social standing. True greatness is about service, about becoming the servant of all. And if you fast forward a few chapters, a few books in the Bible, the writer of Philippians has no doubt that Jesus models this perfectly. Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped and used for his own advantage, rather he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. Jesus takes that place as the servant of all. And so God exalts him to the greatest place of all. But before any of that has happened, although he has just warned his disciples that that is what true greatness is, he just tells his disciples earlier in the chapter that that I am going to die. I am going to die. But because they don't get it, Jesus says, all right, I'll give you another illustration. He says, Bring me this child. Bring a child over to me. He welcomes the child. And he says, whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me. Now today, especially in the West, children are considered as kind of cherished or celebrated. They're innocent, vulnerable. Perhaps we even see them as pure. But in Jesus' time, children were pretty much bottom of the pile, they were the lowest, they had no social status at all. And Jesus' instruction here to welcome a child would be to lower oneself, to accept someone from a lower social status. And if you did that, it would risk your own position, your own social standing. But in doing so, Jesus says, you have done something great. You have welcomed Jesus himself. The picture is like a king who sends an ambassador to a foreign land, to a different king. And the king who receives the ambassador has a choice. Are they going to say to this ambassador, well, I was expecting the king, you're just an ambassador. I haven't got time for you, go away. If they do that, they reject the king who has sent the ambassador. Now instead, the king welcomes the ambassador as if they are the king himself. They provide him with the finest foods, the comfiest bed, the best room with the best view. They treat the ambassador as if he was the king. And in doing so, it's as if they have welcomed the king into their home you see the challenge of Jesus here is to welcome those who are the least those of little significance because when we do it is as if we have welcomed Jesus himself and not just Jesus but the one who sent him Whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me does not welcome me, but the one who sent me. I don't know about you, but is it not worth risking a little social status to welcome those who are least, those of little significance? if the reward is that we get to welcome Jesus, the creator of the world. Just to return for a moment to my football analogy, true greatness is like I'm standing with the ball at my feet. I have an open goal I can't miss. And Stephen knows, I've played football a couple of times with Stephen, when I've got an open goal I don't pass. But true greatness is to stand there with an open goal and to pass the ball to the worst player on the pitch and let the worst player score and let the worst player get all the accolades and get the the reward. It's crazy. And not just to do that once, but to do it time and time again. So the top scorer, my golden boot, which I cherish so much, isn't mine anymore, but it it's the worst player's golden boot. The true greatness is about serving those who are the least and the most insignificant. And it is truly shocking, is it not? It is truly countercultural. Greatness is not about reputation. It's not about higher social standing, but about getting messy and dirty with those who do not have. if you want to be great then we need to reconsider what greatness is and we need to challenge the world around us Jesus goes on throughout this passage in Mark to set out a little bit more about what that looks like about not causing another to stumble about offering a drink in his name May I encourage you to continue to, to look at this passage and to dwell in it a little longer. But for this morning, this afternoon, even, I wonder what it looks like in our lives, in the networks in which we move, the friendship circles we have, our work places. Who are those? of least importance? Who are those of little significance? Who are those in our community who have no voice, who are not seen? Who are those people in our country, in our world of no social standing? And how, my, how may God be calling us to serve them today? because when we do when we welcome them we welcome Jesus and we are marked as great greatness is exactly the right pursuit go for it go to be go on go and go and be great in the world but just remember what true greatness is welcoming and serving the weakest, and the least. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that so much of your word is focused on the least, the last, and the lost, And we pray that you would inspire us today to go and be great people. People who seek out the insignificant, the less important in the world's view. And make your love known to them. We thank you that when we do that, you go with us. And it is and it is as if we are welcoming you amongst us. Lord Jesus, break our hearts for what breaks yours. that we may be people of your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.